deserves a better class of sports radio. And we're going to give it to him. This is Talk Sports. Leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves, coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. John Reed, Cody McClure, Cam Black, as we kick off this Monday, January 16th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. How are you, Cody? Doing pretty good, John. Good to be here, good to be anywhere. It uh, It is MLK Day, and that's the first reference I've heard to it today. Oh, yeah? I didn't even... Uh, didn't even realize that, but now I do remember because my friend was going to be off work today, and I was like, "Why don't you be off work?" He's like, MLK Day. Ah, that's right. That is in mm. January, so must be nice just to not have to work today. Oh no, I just meant for you just to get to live in your bubble and not pay attention to what day it is and not not celebrate today and not uh, think of it as the monumental day as it is. It must be nice just to go through the. I guess the days and years, not really having to worry about things that MLK stood for. What I was saying was the day just kind of snuck up on me. Um, I I know it's every year, and it does matter to me. I think it's an important day, and a, a man that accomplished a lot, and uh, I just forgot it was today it, it, it snuck up on me is what is what i meant um do you know mlk died on my birthday he got shot on i believe the, we've talked about this before yeah, probably pro- i've probably told you that at least one dozen times because then i think i then say that biggie got shot on my birthday yeah but then he died on the ninth in the hospital after midnight so it's kind of not as well he got shot on march hospital. 8th though yeah yeah well, that, that counts yeah 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 died after midnight yeah, two legends dying, so that so that we could live, you know. Baby, baby. I don't know if they were connected, but who shot you? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, good weekend. Weekend was fine. I took it easy for the second weekend in a row. No yeah. drinking. No, no boozing. Nice. And my buddies were going out boozing Saturday. They were in a mood. No. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch the end of this Chargers-Jags game. And I'm going to watch. I started watching uh, Winning Time on HBO. I hadn't okay. seen it yet. So I haven't watched it. I watched the first episode. It seems really good. Yeah, some people really like it. Um, so I'm excited to watch more episodes of that. And I didn't, um, I didn't do much, you know. Went out yesterday, drove the Maniacs around for a bit. Watch some more playoffs. I'm thinking about getting an RV. <clears throat> what What do you think about me living in an RV? How do you feel about that? I would like your advice or, or your uh, Where are you feedback. Park at? Well, there's a lot. I've been doing some research, and there's a variety of options. There's something called boondocking which is where you just park somewhere for free and you don't use the hookups or anything. Like, you can still park at Walmart, Lowe's, places like that. 
And then if you want to, you can go to campgrounds. Some are cheaper than others. And then the most expensive places are the RV parks because mm-hmm. they have all the hookups and amenities. But if you stay there for you know, more than a week, you can get weekly rates, monthly rates. My initial thought is I would be really worried about how your RV is going to smell after a couple months in the summer. What? You think I would be stinky? What do you mean? I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying that I that's my initial thought. My initial thought is after a summer of laying around in your RV, I would be worried about how it would smell. Well, I wouldn't be laying around in it. I would basically just sleep there. Well, yeah. I mean, you, when you sleep, I don't imagine you stand up. No, I lay down. Yeah. So, well, what are you laying around? I mean, you'd be laying in it. Well, do you think, like, when you walk into my bedroom that it smells awful? Because it smells good. I don't know if it does or not. It's been a long time since I've been in your bedroom. I don't know if I've ever been in your bedroom. I don't think, you, I don't think you've ever had a reason to come into yeah. my bedroom. Yeah. Well, this is kind of offensive. I mean, I worry that my bedroom has a little smell to it. Do you think I'm a stinky person? Well, no, I just think people, I think people smell. Where are you going to do laundry at? In the, in the laundry. Um, uh, the mat? mat? The laundry mat. So, like, yes, yeah, so your clothes that are dirty are going to sit there for a week or two and be dirty inside your RV. And then you go wash them. Well, yeah, but the smell from the week or two stays in the RV and it just keeps compounding and compounding. I'll have. And all your stuff is going to be there, so all your shoes are going to be in there, so they're going to be stinking. I don't have a lot of shoes. I only got a couple pairs. Well, that means those are going to be really stinky then. Well, yeah, okay, maybe. I have, <clears throat> I'll have candles and air fresheners you and things. You have candles in your RV? Yeah, sure. What's the risk in having a candle in your RV? I'm going to drive it around, bouncing around and breaking. Well, I won't have it lit while I'm driving. I just mean it breaking, falling off of the... Oh, no, my candle fell off. I've started a fire in my RV. Yeah. Good thing it's not full of gasoline. It is something I've thought about before. It it came back to mind last week when friend of the show, Sean Sean Reed, no relation to you, but he tweeted... No related. Yeah, down the line maybe, but he tweeted like some cousins. That's not, that far that's not true. He uh, tweeted something about it, but he's not the first person, believe it or not. My my mom had this idea even like a year ago or so. She said, "Why don't you just you like going so much and doing this? Why don't you just get an RV and live on the road?" I said, "You know, I think I could do that. I think that'd be a good life for me." Okay, well, don't let me talk you out of it. I think it'd be fine. You don't seem to be thrilled about it or have much advice. Well, my advice would be just don't leave stinky clothes laying around and let it start smelling. Because I struggle with that. When I come home, I just put my sweaty clothes into a basket. I have two separate baskets, one for my sweaty clothes, one for my regular clothes like these that I wear. Just like I don't think my clothes stink like yours because you – Go to the gym. I mm-hmm. think that's what you're thinking of, is your clothes are sweaty because you go to the gym. Yeah. Well, I think... That... I take walks at best. Okay. You know me. I'm not a big gym guy. Yeah. I do have a membership, but uh, it's not getting used like it should. Cam, what about you? How'd your weekend go? Uh, not too bad. I actually ended up going to that basketball game for some reason. Um... Outside of that, enjoyed some football, worked a little bit. So, nothing too bad, nothing too crazy. Didn't get into anything special, but... Are you under the weather again? 
I don't know what's up with my uh my my throat. It's a lot of mucus. I don't know if that's messing up the throat or what, but I don't know. Yeah, you sound you sound different. Yeah, maybe I'm going through puberty. Can you do that again? Mm, I don't think so, but not unless you have some sort of genetic mutation or something. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's you, weird. What, what if you started growing a second head? That would be different. Do I you wouldn't know you, what to do. You think you'd be one of those people, like that, you could live life as one of those people with two heads? Yeah, you know the ones that are, what do they call them? Con, con, conjoined twins? Yeah. Or, I mean, I would just there's uh, people out there like that, two heads. You just have to go to the circus, I guess, and try to monetize it. Can you hear their thoughts in your head too? I am very interested in those people because they have. There have to be so many things that are just crazy in their life. Because they have different personalities, right? Yeah, I think so. They're different people, actually. And every shirt you buy has to have two head holes. That's got to be hard to find. There's that. That's true. There's a specialized store that... Can't be cheap. Yeah, no, it can't be cheap. <laughs> Someone's probably taxing these people. Can't be cheap. But the good news is you got somebody to split it with you, though. That's, that's true. <laughs> well... The worst would be like working. Go the two, worst would two be jobs. yeah. Like, I'm not working today, so I'm just gonna sit here and you're gonna do the work. You get paid twice, I, but it's still your body getting tired. Well, I know. The worst you thing get paid twice if there's if you're there at the same time or well yeah at least you're making double the money. I don't think you are. Would you need two jobs though? Could you not just split the money as one body? Well, there's well yeah I don't you have two mouths what, to feed. What, yeah, two mouths to feed. And what if somebody likes one of your heads like going to concerts and the other one likes you know going on expensive trips that you would gotta suck. have separate money like yes <laughs> oh man you've that got... would suck if they drag you to a show that you uh, just absolutely we're watching, hate we're watching cody imagine do, dragons we're watching again. cody do stand-up comedy again can we do something else please <laughs> well he likes me though <laughs> he tells me how beautiful i am yeah it's very strange you think there's anybody in the audience that has two heads probably no, not no i think it's very know anybody very rare do you believe in six degrees of separation is there oh, yeah. anyone in the audience who knows of someone with two heads? Yeah. Maybe. I still doubt it, though, because I think that's pretty rare. That's what I'm asking if you believe in six degrees of separation. The idea is that you can Well, meet. yeah, but that's only two degrees, right? Well, I'm just saying, yeah, but you could be connected to anybody through six degrees. So, I mean. Well, yeah, sure. I'm related to some famous people. Yeah. And know people who know people who are famous. Yeah. We're about three degrees. You think we know somebody who knows somebody that knows somebody with uh yeah, Three because heads. if you multiply the audience that big, mm-hmm. let's think if there's listening live right now, if there's 10,000. I don't know how many conjoined twins are in the world, though, <clears throat> or in the U.S. I don't know how many let's of those are. I, don't, I, mean, I imagine we're like in the one to like, one in like five million at most, right? <clears throat> yeah. One in ten million? I you'd mean, have I'm, to do everything that, that they wanted to do, or or you'd have to compromise yeah. a lot. And everything that goes into the body has to come out of the body. And you got to be there for all of those. Why are we starting the show like this today? Well, I wanted 1% to talk about my RV, but you twins. didn't seem interested in my RV well, life. You're not going to do it. Not Hashtag do it. my it's RV life. It's thing that you talk about that you're not going to do. Just like That's you, not true. Just like you haven't. No, I might gotten, do it. You haven't gotten us a book. We haven't started our book Yeah, it's January yet. 16th. Yeah. I know. We're already halfway through a month. We need, gonna, we need to, to get our book. book. If we're going to do 12 books this month, we're going to have to read one in a, in a week at this point. Well, we need to get another, our, our book RV is going to go the same way that your book club did, where you just talk about it and don't do it. So I try not to 
you didn't help me with it. It was your idea. I can't do it for you. Well, we had to agree on a book. <clears throat> I'm still down to do it if we can agree on a book. But we have Just to decide one. it. Pick one and I'll do it. <clears throat> there, I agree. It's whatever book you want. It can't be one you've already read. If if you agree to it, I will decide on a book today. I've already agreed to it. Well, I thought you might have some input on the book you wanted to, you know. I gave you what I like reading. I like reading nonfiction. All right, I'm going to find us a nonfiction book today. It's a promise. Because I do want to do the books. We'll see. <clears throat> and the RV thing, all I need is an RV. I've been looking into, should I get a Class B or a Class C? I made my progress yesterday. I went upstairs. I got my book that I've been remaining to read, and I brought it down to the couch, and then it sat on the couch as I continued to <laughs> not read at all. I plan on reading it during the Miami Buffalo game because I thought that was going to be a snooze fest, especially when it looked like it was going to be twenty-one to nothing. Yep. Yet somehow we ended up in a dog fight and not covering the the teaser. Just seeing Buffalo win by six, like what, what are we doing? Yeah. Should have been twenty-one nothing and. Somehow they're in a dogfight against Skylar Thompson, despite him like missing ten straight passes in the second half and being pretty terrible. Uh, it was a dumb, 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 dumb game. So then I was too mad. And then I watched Daniel Jones, and then I was like, okay. And then Nightcap, I was like, should I read? Like, now nah, I'm gonna watch a movie. So I watched that new pandemic movie on Peacock, that scary movie. Sick. Ooh. It was okay. It was pretty good. It's pretty solid. So I watched it, and then I went to bed. But after I watched the end of the Bengals game, poor, poor Tyler Huntley. Oh, man, you can't die from that far out and try to get the uh, the touchdown on the quarterback sneak. You can't do the Drew Brees from a yard and a half out. Yeah. Or I guess it's now the Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has stolen it from Drew Brees, and i got to say, Trevor Lawrence looks better than Drew Brees ever did doing it. Yeah. Trevor goes in one-handed from a far out. Uh, you never saw that from Drew Brees. Small hands. Had a good weekend. Super wild card weekend was a good weekend. You guys were right. I called it overrated, and it delivered. Points for Cody on that. And uh, here in Knoxville, we got embarrassed by Kentucky. Cody was right about that as well, said he was scared, which I would say maybe he spoke it into existence. Yeah, he just brought bad vibes. Brought bad energy to the to – Ruined the Chris Lofton's moment. I hope he's happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everything's my fault. Let's go to break. Let's talk sports on Fan Run Radio. All right, back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Drink White Claw deliciously, responsibly. Only 100 calories. Going to need some to wipe away the memory of Saturday's performance as Tennessee basketball. Man, that was uh, pretty sad. Pretty disappointing. Yeah. It was a lot like the COVID year. It was like, a lot like 2021 when a seven win Kentucky team came in and punked you. Mm-hmm. Felt a lot like that. Tennessee jumped out to an 8 nothing lead. And you're like, okay, here we go. Let's blow these boys out. And then next thing you know, it's 10-8 to 8 Kentucky. And you're like, okay, we're in for a dogfight. And then you're in for a dogfight the entire game. I thought uh, I thought Shawibwe really killed us on the offensive glass. That was a big stat in the game, just looking at the, uh, the box score. Um, they got more rebounds than us. Also, we missed, what, 18 threes? So, we did everything wrong. We missed, we missed 18 threes. You had Zakai miss two layups at the end of the game. Well, I mean, I don't want to say wide open. At but, least three to four total pretty, layups in the game. Pretty damn open. Yeah. You know, one of them felt like a layup line layup where there's no real contesting. And uh, 
The other one, at least somebody was somewhat in the vicinity. But, yeah, something a all-SEC caliber guard should be able to do for you. And he missed those layups after they spent the first half talking about the tape on the square oh, I missed that, that they've been using in practice and how that's helped us in shooting. Okay. And then we missed, like, five layups for that's, the game. That's bad. Yeah. Apparently there's this new thing they're doing where they put, you know, the square behind Yeah, I've the, seen I've seen other schools do it, like where they put red tape, basically. Uh, yeah. Is it, on, is it on the top of the box? Is that where it, it was? Yeah, the or? top right and yeah. the top left of the box. Yeah. Because that's – Arizona had it, and, okay. and they said that's where Barnes got the idea. He got it from Arizona. Like, hey, that's a good idea. We should practice that. And so they started practicing it, and since then the field goal percentage has been up, which – What's the idea there? You just lay it high off the glass? Yeah. Which for the game, our field goal percentage was not that bad. It was wasn't all, great. It was all the threes we missed. Yeah, forty percent ain't great. But yeah, if you remove the threes from it, I mean twenty of yeah twenty of uh, thirty six <laughs> and the six layups. Yeah, twenty of thirty six is pretty good. Especially yeah, if you remove some of the missed layups. Although I would say that like your field goal percentage was propped up by Urosh. Mm-hmm. Going nine of eleven, he had a hell of a game. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was. He did, he did. You I can would tell it meant a lot to him. Well, I, what I would say is he had a hell of a game scoring the basketball. But like, what's been frustrating about him? Well, one of the many things that's been frustrating about him throughout his career is you're seven foot what one, seven foot two. Yeah, you scored nineteen points. You, that's good. You, you grabbed three rebounds. Yeah, that's not good. You, yeah. you grabbed one. Defensive rebound. Uh, he only had three rebounds. He had three rebounds. Two of them were offensive. He had one defensive rebound in his 25 minutes. So, like, hey, 19 points, that's good. Tennessee needed them. But I would say Tennessee needed the rebounding more. Yeah. Almost. Meanwhile, Shaweeb, we had 13 rebounds. Yeah, I'll rebound Sheeble. by 20, right? Somewhere around there, I think it was Uh, They had 43 rebounds. We had 23 rebounds. That is correct. We had yep. 19 defensive rebounds. Uh, you know, they missed, what, 33 shots? Yeah. Plus three free throws. I don't know if the free throws were on the first or second attempt, so I won't even count those. You missed 33 shots, and they got 13 rebounds. Most Offensively. Of those, most of those were Oscar. Yeah, he had, he had, he had, I mean, he had four offensive rebounds, so not even really. I would say, you know, he had four offensive rebounds of their 13 it was just kind of you got beat up by everybody on the glass. I mean, one guy gets yeah. credit for playing one minute and had two offensive rebounds. <laughs> oh, Nessu. I don't even remember him in the game. Also, but I guess most of his were defensive rebounds. Yeah, so. yeah. Oscar had nine defensive Yeah, 13 rebounds. total. Yeah, yeah. So, like, good for Uros to go in there and get buckets, but nobody on Tennessee's team grabbed any rebounds. Nope. And, you know – that's tough to come back from. You could look and say Tennessee had six more shot attempts than Kentucky. Like, wow. But then also, like, look and say, oh, yeah, like, like despite, you know, with, with the offensive rebound numbers, you would think Kentucky would have a lot more shots. Mm-hmm. But when you see that Kentucky went to the free throw line 25 times, I'd imagine that's where most of those possessions yeah, ended up. Tennessee, I mean, really just you had a bad performance from everybody, except, like, Oro scoring the basketball was about the only thing you could look at as, as a big positive. I mean, I guess Sakai had seven assists, but, like, he, I thought, struggled passing the ball. Despite his seven assists, he only gets credit for two turnovers, but I thought he was pretty sloppy there. You know, uh, Tennessee, 
I guess you look at Vescovy at four steals. So, I mean, at least he was active defensively. He he had another bad shooting day from three. Mm-hmm. Key had a bad shooting day from three. Vescovy missed a clutch front end of a one and one that kind of was like pretty deflating. If I remember correctly, yeah. that was a four point game at that point. I think so. Or maybe he could have cut it to four. Maybe he missed the front end of the one and one, and then we went down eight. Maybe. I was inside Thompson Bowling, vault up, and do you regret it? Do I regret it? Yeah, I regret spending one hundred and forty dollars on tickets whenever they're you know played so poorly. Yeah, I would have, I could have done without uh, spending my day doing that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I regretted it too. <clears throat> yeah, I, re- I regret that. I would say that uh, I was disappointed with the crowd. I saw your tweet, um, but I was going to tell you it sounded loud. At least at the start of the game, like on TV, it sounded loud. In yeah, there. the the very first part of the game when you go into eight row, oh run, yeah, maybe. And then there was a time, you know, at the five minute mark where you know Vescovy gets the flagrant foul and like Tennessee's trying to claw back in. It still looks like you're going to win that game, and then it got loud. But like, man, otherwise it felt a lot like the Florida football game where yes, you're supposed to be being loud, and I don't know if it's just yeah. like kind of how Florida kept getting every third and fourth down and didn't really give you a chance to celebrate. It seemed like you never really got a lead. If I remember correctly, in the second half, you took a two-point lead, mm-hmm. and then Vescovy came down and missed a three that could have put it to five Yeah, at about the nine-minute mark, and then Kentucky came down, hit a three, got the lead back, and then from that point, you never, you never had it again. I don't know if you ever – I think maybe you tied it once after that, but, like, you never had the lead. Mm-hmm. So you never really had anything to celebrate. So like I, I, I kind of get it, but man, I was disappointed with the crowd. I, I was. Isn't it somewhat natural for it not to be loud when you're down? Or it depends. I mean, there was times last year where <laughs> at the end of the season, like Tennessee was played some pretty big games at home. Right? They played Kentucky. They played Arkansas. They played Auburn. And I went to all three of those, and those felt like wall-to-wall loudness. Those felt like big games, and the crowd was there. Maybe it's a noon tip. Maybe, like I said, maybe it was, you give Kentucky credit for just kind of answering every run you tried to make, but I just I was pretty disappointed. I wonder if the people who were saying it's because there's a lot of older people in those uh, prized seats, if that has something to do with it. Because, you know, there are people that uh, – that have the best seats that are not necessarily would not be students? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I sit around people. Like I've, I've been sitting pretty much in the same spots the, these this season so far. And it's not like I'm around a bunch of what I would call, what you, or what you would call old people. And they don't really get loud either. They don't really make noise either. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an age thing. More so a lack of rabidity. Yeah, maybe they're just not rabid enough. I, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it has a little bit to do with the noon tip off. Maybe it has to do with, you know, Kentucky not being very good this year. I don't know. And the team, you know, the team didn't do any favors. Like when you when you come out and score eight points in four minutes, and then score what? What would that mean? You scored eighteen points the remaining sixteen minutes of the first half. Like you're not giving the team a lot to cheer. The fans a lot to cheer for. No. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. it. Was like you said, Kentucky always answered everything, and yeah, yeah. you just never got in the rim. Like, if would have hit that three to go at five, I think you probably would have got 
you know, the place going a little crazy and be like, all right, now now this is it. But Yeah, I think you could have carried it out the last nine minutes if yeah. you hit that three and, you know, that, you're, that, that puts you on a run. And next thing you know, Kentucky's floundering. But instead you <coughs> miss it and they come down and hit one. <coughs> well, you know, through – through 17 games last year, we were 12 and 5. So I mean, it's not the end of the world. No, no, and I don't I don't think so, although I would say it was uh deflating to lose that game then turn around and see Alabama beat LSU by 40. That was deflating. Yeah, yeah Alabama's really really good. Um, you're chasing them for an SEC title and I, I don't know if you're going to be able to well, to you need to beat them at home. Them. Yeah. And maybe win the rest of your games. <laughs> and plus, it's just a chance to bury Kentucky. And, like, you were right. Kentucky has pride. You know, it was time. It was gut check time. And, you know, Cal talked about challenging their manhoods and all that. And, like, you know, they came out. He's like, well, see, I wasn't coaching bad. They just actually hit some shots today and played hard. And that's what we haven't been doing. And I just know. thought with them hitting rock bottom, like, surely he would get them, uh, like, Willing to come to Knoxville to play, of all places. Well, know. sometimes people quit when they hit rock bottom. Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. when the going gets tough, the, uh, you know, you, you lay down. Yeah. The tough don't always – the tough get going, but sometimes you're like, hey, you know what, this is kind of useless. This season's lost. We're not accomplishing anything. Like, their fans felt that way. Their fans oh, were yeah, down fans. and out, as you have, you know, have, yeah. as you have seen. And then, you know, they're probably feeling pretty good. At least, hey, we, at least we beat Tennessee. You went on the road and won a top five – that's uh, their first top five road win since 2003. Well, they hadn't like had any like good quad one wins in a long time. So like Tennessee, you yeah. know, did the job for them. That's a big win for them. They had guys crying on the sideline and really, yeah, players or coaches. Uh, a coach was crying. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the video. I can't remember who it was, but I believe an assistant yeah. coach. I believe he was. Wow. Or, or maybe he's a former player or something. He was sitting on the bench. Okay. So let me. Uh, I'll pull that up. But, you know, through 20 games last year, I'm just thinking, like, we only had 14 wins. There was a time when we were 14-6. and six. Yeah, no, so, I mean, like, this team this team isn't lost. I don't want to act like, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Like, I was just comparing to last year. I was like, how many games did we lose last year versus – this was around the time last year when Kentucky put 107 on us, you know, and we were feeling sure. pretty down. Yeah, I have a couple <clears throat> of takeaways – from the game, one of them is not like, hey, this team's in trouble by any means. Now, you know, maybe I would say they're in trouble for the SEC Conference Championship because, again, they looked a little vulnerable and Alabama looks unstoppable, although I think, you know, like that'll hopefully even out a little bit. But uh, there's a couple of takeaways I had that reared their ugly heads on Saturday. We'll dive into that after the break. Let's talk sports on Fan Run Radio. Suckers keep on down in me. They know they should be crowned in me. <laughs> you got the updated top 25 poll, Cam? Yes, sir. What's the damage? How far did uh, Tennessee fall? We fell down to number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Teams ahead of us Number are nine. Houston at one, Kansas two, Number Purdue nine. three, Bama four, UCLA five, Gonzaga six, Texas Xavier seven, Xavier eight. And then Virginia rounds out the top ten. I don't know how much you care, but Tennessee stays number two in terms of the Ken Palm rankings and the NCAA net rankings. Tennessee's still number two there. 
So none in the AP poll, but as far as resume and metrics say, Tennessee is still the second best team in the country, trailing only Houston. However, Tennessee did pick up its second quad two loss. They're the only team in the top 15 that has two quad two losses. And currently they only have one quad one win. So I'm not exactly sure how our net ranking has us so high. That is interesting. But it does. I guess just some of the – how dominant we were in some games may have been it, I guess. Um, outside of that, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I didn't think the actual like that. net ranking took into account lopsided scores and all that. Like the, the – yeah. The Kimpom metrics, yeah, but like the net ranking I thought was just kind of a resume build, you know, like re- yeah. resume given. I don't understand exactly how that's happened. I will say our friend StatsByWill, com. if you want to get smart about college basketball, he ran a piece today talking about how this tournament field is on pace to be one of the weakest of the, you know, of the, of the last 20 years, at least the Ooh. last 10 years I think he's what he said since 2011, huh. which means, in his opinion – let me take that back. Let me make sure I'm properly representing what he's saying. He's saying the top of the field is still okay. Like the top five or six teams, still okay. But basically, seven to 38 is the weakest it's been in a long, long time. And then after 38, the teams get really, really tough. So, what that means is if you are seated one or two, you should be good to go. If you are seated three or below, you're in for a bloodbath. Like, there's going to be a lot of under-seated teams in the 12, 13, 14 seed range that are going to be just as good as the teams are playing in round one, a.k.a. first-round upsets, second-round upsets, bloodbaths when it comes to filling out a bracket. So this might be a good year to pick all ones and twos to the Final Four? Well, the two comparable years, actually, it was uh, was – Whatever year it was where like a 7, 8, and 10 made it to the Final Four. Oh, yeah, that was when Kentucky, UConn. Yeah, was that 2014, I guess? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the lowest seeded team? Because Kentucky was a – Kentucky and UConn were like 7 and 8, I believe, weren't they? Yeah. Okay. Kentucky was an 8, I know for sure, because they beat Wichita State, who was the one seed. Mm-hmm. A 10 seed made the Final Four? I'd have to get the exact numbers, but like they're yeah. l- lower lower teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird one. What was the year that all the one seeds made it? That was like when UCLA, Florida, right? Was that 06, 07? Um, oh, I thought 08 <clears throat> was that year. I thought whenever North Carolina and Illinois made it, I thought that was the year that all the one seeds made it. When it was North Carolina versus Illinois in the championship. Is that not right? Kansas, Memphis, North Carolina, UCLA, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? You could have just went chalk that year. Well, that wasn't necessarily the year I was thinking. I was thinking 05 whenever it was North Carolina versus <clears throat> Kansas. But I think, I guess that Arizona team might have been number two seed that they beat in the Elite Eight. 14 the had a uh, one seed, a seven seed, a two seed, and an eight seed. Okay, then what? maybe there was a – what was the year that there was a 10 seed that made it or – there was two. There was two years that was comparable to this year, and like, yeah, it spit out a seven and eight seed one year, and then another one had a 
had another Syracuse 2016. Yeah, that was oh, it. Yeah, they came <coughs> out they out became the, the first the 10 seed to reach the Final Four since the tournament out. expanded. Yeah, they beat number one Virginia. So yeah, I, I, I tell you that for two reasons. One, go subscribe to StatsByWheel.com. <coughs> number two, the one seed is as important as it's ever been because mm-hmm. you don't want to be in a situation where you're you know getting. Tough 11, 12, 13 seeds in the second round. One seed's very, very important. Two seed, pretty important. Three seed, you're just basically rolling dice at this point, it feels like. There's still time for this to kind of correct, but like the way it looks right now, there are five or six teams, and then everyone else is going to be fighting for their lives. You want to be one of those five or six teams. Right now, you know, the metrics say you are. The AP does not agree. They say you're number nine. We know that the seeding for the tournament isn't based off of metrics as much as it is the, you know, humans in that room kind of making up whatever they want to do. So something to keep an eye on. Reminds me of a sport in the fall. Yes, yes. Well, or a sport in March last year that, you know, took a red-hot Tennessee team and made them a three seed and made them play one of the, the most talented teams in the country. Michigan wasn't good, but they were really talented. Yeah. That was ridiculous that we were not a two seed. Right. There were some people saying we should have been a one seed, and I'm fine we didn't get a one seed, but to not be a two seed last year was egregious. Yeah, and it came back and it bit you because you had to play a Michigan team that was really, really talented. Michigan had yeah. one of the best players in the country and Hunter Dickinson. They did have like, what, 14 losses? They did, so? but I mean, they were a team that had a lot of talent, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they're a team that playing well pretty good right yeah and you know they had a matchup problem with us and you know we could we you know we also we missed lost. 18 threes in that game we did we did <laughs> and it's uh one thing to do it in a tournament game it's another thing to do it at home you know somewhere you haven't lost in a long time it was really it was really disheartening because i still thought a lot of your looks were open on saturday and that maybe takes me back to what i teased which was a glaring takeaway i had from the game and we had kind of talked about it last week and I feel like it was kind of kind of backed up watching that game. Tennessee ain't got a guy you can get a bucket from. Yeah, I was having that discussion with my friends uh, after the game. I was like, you needed somebody to get a shot at the end, and you, and you couldn't. You like your, you, you, your, your play was Zakai drives, missing a layup, and then, of course, Uros, after playing the offensive game, of his life going 9 of 10 from the field, misses a putback, and you, yeah. you, you end up losing. You couldn't get a shot off. We don't really have a killer. <clears throat> no, and it's... We really didn't last year either. Well, I disagree. I thought Kenny Chandler could get to the rim anytime he wanted. And I think that, you know, early in the season, except for the Colorado game, he struggled with that. But I thought during Tennessee's big stretch, and you know, even in the Michigan game, he was the only guy that was getting there and doing whatever he wanted. Yeah, I don't think he... In critical times, though, I don't think he was a guy that you... For sure said, yeah, if he gets the ball, he's going to go make a play. I, I don't think we had anyone. I thought he was a guy that could at least get a shot off. I thought he was a guy that I, you could clear out or set a high screen that he could get to the rim and do something for you. We don't have that guy this year because, you know, I, I, I pointed it out after the game on the middle of the week against Vandy. 
or maybe it was Mississippi State last week. You know that that little screen where you know the guards were running off screens from the big man, like, mm-hmm. and then man would drop you know alley oops or you know lob passes to the big man. I was like, you know what, it's gonna be good until teams start backing off and really trying to make Zakai Ziegler finish at the rim because he's not that good of a finisher at the rim. He doesn't have the floater. That's quite good enough, and he's going to be bothered by size, and Kentucky has size. Mm-hmm. And you saw Ziegler go 3 of 12, including missing, you know, a handful of layups. Yeah, the size definitely bothered him. I kept having people in the stands near me, like, why does he keep coming back out of the paint? I was like, he's not going to shoot over that guy. <laughs> well, you saw what happened when he tried to shoot over the guy. He can't yeah. do it. And, you know, I, it's easy to point out his shortcomings, and I don't want to make mm-hmm. it, you know, all about him because <sighs> I thought everyone was pretty bad in that game. But you don't have a guard that can finish. And, you know, Josiah's not a guy that can get you a bucket. He's a, you know, a role mm-hmm. player offensively. His strength really comes on the defensive end. Yep. I always wanted Santiago to be that guy. He's not quick enough. He's not quick enough to clear out on. Like, like he's he's not yeah. a guy that can really beat you off the dribble when everything's, like, set. He's a guy that can beat you off the dribble when, it, like, the ball gets rotated. Mm-hmm. And he hits you that pump fake and drives, or you know, he is able to play with a little bit of pace. But like, straight up at the game, defense is set. He's not a guy that can get into the into the paint and do anything with it. Another thing I thought about that game is it, it reminded me a little bit, not quite as egregiously, but a little bit of that game when we went to Arkansas last year and lost like fifty eight to forty eight. Yeah, where you just kept getting so many whistles. The the game never really got in a flow. Yeah, the flow was off. That's uh, completely <laughs> fair. It's a that's a fair comparison, Tennessee. You know, got dominated from the free throw line, and I know they fi- fouled Oscar at the end to make him shoot two free throws, but it was twenty-five to ten, free throw wise. You're not supposed to do that at home. Like that, that's supposed to be a place where you get a whistle. But like, I don't know how many times Tennessee was driving to the paint and got hit. Like, I just didn't think they really attacked, and when they did, they just missed shots. We drew a few more in the second half than we did the first half. At one point, we had only shot like three free throws. Yeah. It was uh, disappointing to watch Julian Phillips, a guy that has the size and athleticism, to maybe be someone who can go to the rim and get you some shots when you have to. Mm-hmm. He only had two field goal attempts. He was in foul trouble. Come was the guy said, like, I think he's our go-to bucket getter if we have to have one. Throw it in the post and let him try to get something. He was one of three and only played 14 minutes for some reason. It was a very strange game, and Tennessee played poorly pretty much all around, and you got humbled. You got yeah. humbled. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot different than beating those uh, bottom dwellers by 40 points, you know. I think Kentucky is a bottom dweller, though. Like, I, I know they have talent. I know they have talent. That might be the spark they need. They're not a bottom dweller. I mean, they're the, Well, they were coming into the game. I mean, at worst, they're middle of the pack. Sure. But I just mean, coming yeah. into the game, like, where their mind was, they were a bottom dweller. Yeah. Now... Sure, we know that they have more talent than that. They had the, the reigning national player of the year, and he looks more like his old self. They're going to be in the tournament. I feel pretty strongly about that. Yeah, they were on the outside coming into the game. They got a nice uh, nice quad one win. Yeah, and they got one of the best best wins in the country now. You know, yeah. Alabama's at win at Houston's probably number one. Maybe Gonzaga winning in Alabama. I know it wasn't at Alabama, but it was in Alabama. Might be number two. Tennessee well, beating Kansas. Yeah, I was going to say maybe hammering Kansas on a neutral floor. I'd say that's probably number three. I, mean, I give credit to road wins. Yeah. Ours was early though. I mean, it was November. You know, yeah. Things are a lot different but in November than they are in March. That's usually. about the same time though that Houston beat Alabama and Alabama. Beat, uh, that that Houston and Gonzaga both beat Alabama. It'd be around that same time. 
You mean Alabama beat Houston? Yeah, Alabama beat Houston yeah. and got pounded. Yeah. yeah, got beat by Gonzaga. Thank you. Who's Alabama's other loss? UConn, I believe. UConn, yeah. They're a top ten team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Alabama. Did, did they stay in the top ten? Because I believe they lost. Had another <clears throat> UConn. Yeah, they uh, they fell down, but they are. I know they had another loss. They're fifteen. Yeah. So they um, fell from so, like four to fifteenth. Yeah, they, they lost. They're on like a four out of five losing streak yep. or something. So, so Alabama beat five. Houston, and they beat who's the other number one? They beat. They beat Gonzaga, didn't they? And no, they, they lost to Gonzaga. They lost, they lost to Gonzaga. Gonzaga. They beat another number one team. They beat Houston, and they beat. Uh, they beat two teams when they were number one, but I, let me I'll look at their schedule. Was it not just – it was just like a week ago or so, wasn't it? No. That would have been Arkansas they beat. They weren't number one. I know for sure they beat two number one teams. One was Houston and the other one was North Carolina. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah. is clearly Which not stinks. a – they're not even ranked anymore, are they? No. They had been sort of kind of battling back. I don't think they are – they're not ranked they beat. Uh, they had a chance this weekend to beat somebody, though, didn't they? Didn't they have a game against? They they won Virginia, Saturday. Maybe? They had a game against Virginia last week. Okay, they lost that one. They, they won their game Saturday against Louisville. They pounded Louisville. Yeah, Louisville's. They off. had a chance at Virginia last week, though, Louisville's. in the middle of the week to to have a, a big win, and they they lost that one. They'd been playing a little bit better. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. The, on one hand, Alabama's beating two number ones, but that North Carolina team showing that they're not great. That was a four overtime game. But like we talked about, with the way Alabama's schedule set up, they probably aren't going to lose before they come to Knoxville. If they do, it'll be at Auburn, the game right before it. At Vandy, at Missouri, Mississippi State, at Oklahoma, Vandy, at LSU, Florida, at Auburn. Like, Although, if we're going to talk about college basketball and Alabama, we'll see how they are affected by one of their teammates getting arrested for murder. Yeah, that's a... That's interesting. He's got a bad ankle, too. We'll cut a break. It's Talk Sports on Fan Run Radio. Well, Alabama basketball is a tank, mm-hmm. but they are now dealing with the ultimate off-the-field issue as Alabama forward Darius Miles, not to be confused with the other Darius Miles that used to play in the NBA, has been charged with capital murder. I think this would be an off-the-court issue. Why did you specify that? You said off the field, the ultimate oh. off the field issue. Okay, fair enough. Ultimate, <laughs> Not to nitpick. Uh, an ultimate <laughs> off the court issue, yes. Different sport. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> As he has been arrested for the murder of a 23-year-old woman near campus. Basically, it seems like there was a minor altercation, which is apparently the only motive. And Miller... Or excuse me, Miles and his friend shot their gun into her car, and she died. That's why it's a capital murder. Apparently, if you fire into a vehicle, it makes it capital, which I don't know exactly the. What's the difference? 
Let's uh, what does capital mean? Capital murder is uh, to me just reading it uh, makes me feel like it is going to be the one where you get the death penalty. But I don't know. Like, capital crime seems a lot worse. Capital, yeah. When I hear the word capital, is that like federal or is that like? Let's see. I don't, I don't uh, murder charge and a capital murder charge. So <coughs> context: capital murder must have all the elements of murder plus something additional. The context that trigger a capital murder come in a different come in a few different forms. One is of aggravated nature. Uh, okay, so basically, yeah. So I mean, I think it, I don't want to say it's like premeditated murder because it's not premeditated, but it's just like you went above and beyond to kill someone. It's one of the worst ones. It sounds like one of the worst ones because yeah, like if basically me and you got into an argument and I shot you, you'd miss. Uh, miss you? Yeah, <laughs> I'd dodge that. Miss you? Yeah, I'd dodge it. That would be uh, heat of the moment type of thing where I guess it could be argued. Again, not a lawyer, so take it for what it's worth. But like that, like, hey, we, we heat of the moment, I was fearful for my life. I, or I could at least say that, like, not fearful for my life, but basically things escalated in a normal thing, in a normal way right? for murder. I think if, like, someone's driving away and you're shooting into the car, that's where it becomes capital because you are going above and beyond to shoot this person. So they're in their, she, she they're in their vehicle. Away. I don't know if they're going away or not, but they're in their vehicle, which I guess could, like, <clears throat> and unless he, they're driving right at them to run them over. And so he didn't know this woman? This was just a According to ESPN, that, the only relationship they had was the minor altercation that they had the night of the incident. So they just got in an argument or something, mm-hmm. might have been some drinking or something. And um, Yeah. Man. It is uh, kind of funny. Saturday, John Rothstein tweeted, Alabama's Darius Miles will be sidelined for the rest of the season with an ankle injury per release. And then that happened, and yesterday they showed him walking down the steps, and somebody commented, hey, ankle looks fine to me, as he was getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, and then like, I saw someone reply back with out for the se- like out for murder, the epitome yeah. of brutality. Everybody's like got that. their joke. Because John Rothstein always talks about that, losing a bot game. The epitome of brutality, it's like, yeah, not for murder. It did make me feel nauseous as I was watching him, the video of him walking down the steps, and he was telling somebody, I love you, I love it, like he's obviously very upset. Because, you know, he just ruined his whole life, and probably over nothing. Like, it's it's sad, sad to see that. Yeah, As they like put him in that situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things where you. What did you say? I said just like it was such a minor thing. Yeah. It's like just an argument, and you, yeah, just throwing your life away. That's what it seems, yeah. He's probably feeling a lot of regret. Well, yeah, one instance, like literally just one instance of this argument and not willing to back down or whatever it is has. At the very least, uh, put his life in jeopardy. We'll see if he beats the charges. We'll see what he gets. Maybe he wasn't the one who fired the trigger. I, yeah, they, maybe, they haven't yeah. they haven't confirmed right. who has pulled the trigger. So like yeah. maybe this is something he can ultimately survive, or maybe it's not. We'll, we'll find out. But and on top of that, I mean, he was only averaging one point six points a game. Was he playing for, for much for them? Much he at played all? in six games this year. Okay, but he wasn't. I think he only played like six and a half minutes or something. I looked at his stats. He he hadn't done much. So it's not a big loss for them on the court. No, 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 no. As much as it is just a situation where they have to figure out how they're going to handle their teammate. 
Yeah. Maybe going to prison for life. Yeah, we'll see uh, if it affects them. I don't know. I don't know how that would affect you as a player. I, I don't just well, we're down a guy, you know. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna guess it doesn't affect them. I don't think so. I mean, now if it was a starter, yes, if it was a starter, a good player, it would be a, a little bit different. Yes. Yeah, it'd be a little bit different. Okay, well, a little murder talk. Yeah, I mean, it was a wild story, though. I mean, it's... Murder Monday. It's been a while since we've had one of these. Yeah, oh, yeah. Active player arrested for murder. Was there another one that comes to mind? I mean, the only other thing that like comes to my mind right now, I don't know if you would consider it active, but like when Baylor had that scandal where the Baylor basketball team basically shut down, right? And like yeah, early, murdered oh, somebody. In the early 2000s, yeah. like the yeah, teammate like murdered another one like in the locker room. Oh, yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> and like I said, I want to say they shut their basketball program down for a couple years. Well, if Alabama were to shut down for... Patrick Dennehy. I'll read about it and tell you after the break. It's Talk Sports on Fan Run Radio. <laughs> 